Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A couple of armchair GMs who have yet to be wrong with any of their Timberwolves takes. (laughs) Right. It's Flagrant Howls with Phil Mackey and Kyle Teige. Think this is our second ever live version of Flagrant Howls. The other one being the day that uh, Conley and D'Lo were swapped. And I don't know if we're supposed to, like, celebrate the fact that Anthony Edwards had another sort of uh, I don't know, elevating step to his career on a big stage and the Wolves clinched at least the better part of the play-in bracket or if we should be depressed and pining the table that Rudy Gobert punched a teammate today and Jaden McDaniels punched a wall and fractured his hand. So uh, where do you want to start here, Kyle? Happy Masters and Timberwolves play-in Sunday. Yeah, I, uh, I apologize. Uh, I texted you before this, but I have a little, uh, little side uh, activity going on uh, with the Masters, so uh, the I Masters. have my, I have my, uh, you know, it's my Sunday green. I have my Sunday green here, uh, <laughs> also to celebrate some events that took place last night. Um, yeah, wow. where do you want to? Where do you want to start? Uh, I I said it uh, on Twitter. Um, uh, there's timestamps to my to my good friends. I think Phil's one of them who I texted at halftime. Uh, the Rudy Gobert punching Kyle Anderson was the greatest thing that could have happened to the Timberwolves today. They were down by 12. They had no energy. They had the tightest of buttholes. Uh, they just, they were just, you know, as what they looked like yesterday and free flowing and trusting the pass and making all these shots. That's just not who they were. Um, we'll dissect the Kyle thing, the Rudy thing. We'll get reports after, you know, the, we're, we're doing this right now and the press conference is happening. Yeah. It's been reported it, it, that Jaden McDaniels has broke his hand, which was not a shocker, but. Um, and real, real quick here too, because yeah, there's all kinds of stuff coming out here, and I have one like headline take I want to rifle off at some point here quickly too. But uh, Woj, I don't know if Woj just like texted with Tim Connolly or if Connolly spoke to a group, but Woj has a quote from Tim Connolly on Gobert: "Quote, we made the decision to send Rudy Gobert home after the incident in the second quarter. His behavior on the bench was unacceptable, and we will continue handling the situation internally." And uh, Chris Finch was asked, is he going to play? So the, the Wolves and Lakers are playing in the play-in on Tuesday in Los Angeles. And Finch did not confirm whether or not Rudy would play in that game. Uh, it's a decision that will be handled internally. So, uh, And, of course, like one of the best on-ball lockdown defenders in the league out for the season, most likely, Jaden McDaniels with a fractured hand. Uh, we're going to talk about the Jaden thing next week. Uh, not focused on that right now, because um, that was that was that was the side of Jaden that 
He's fiery. You know, he was frustrated. Brandon Ingram was getting every call when he went left. Um, and but you can't do that. There's no excuses for the Jaden thing. Um, but you start you start with the Rudy thing. Uh, a complete lack of professionalism. Um, I will dissect that video for weeks to come. Um, obviously, Kyle might have called them the B word. Uh, Chris Hine in the moment. Um, our good friend Chris Hine from the Star Tribune tweets out he's doing an article, I think, on Kyle's leadership. This is Kyle Anderson's team, as you and I have said. Um, and Rudy had a quote that's like, yeah, you know, sometimes Kyle can like be pretty assertive or like aggressive or upfront, but I love Kyle. I think, again, Kyle might have just said, you're a B you're word. A B. Yeah. And Rudy took that the wrong way. But it doesn't matter. You cannot do that. It is inexcusable. But it kind of felt like an eight, game 82. It felt like the biggest of zits just getting popped. And this team just said, get out of here. We're going to run with. I mean, this was like classic 2022 Timberwolves. Just kind of a misfit group of guys. Torian Prince, you're going to have to play power forward. Kyle Anderson, you're going to have to play center and maybe never sit. Um, and we have been critical at times as well, and I think rightfully so. Uh, but today was a good reminder, Phil, of why I'm a little more pro Carl Anthony Towns. Because he might say some weird stuff, and he might do some weird stuff, but damn it, does that guy not punch his teammates. Yeah. And he came up big when they needed him. He had a couple big threes in that third quarter. Um, but this is the Ewing theory right here. This is just, you know, we, we, we went in depth on the Rudy Gobert, D'Angelo Russell stuff, and since then they bring in Kyle Anderson to appease him, and they bring in Mike Conley to appease him. What he did today was... I don't know. I, I'm in the moment. Like, I don't know if Rudy Gobert will. I, I, I'm just saying this with emotion. I don't know if Rudy Gobert will play again this season. I don't. I, I it's 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 well. I mean, there's so many. If if they if they like lose in the plan and then lose again in the uh, the last chance part of the plan, I don't think he plays in the plan. I guess is what I'm saying. Oh, I, I don't think, think there's you can no way. play him. Nope. So he's not playing in the plan. Nope. And he, it, it, but here's the problem. Like, you don't have bodies, dude. Like, you're out. Nas, Nas reads out. Jade McDaniels is out. And so, but but I think the right thing to do is to not travel Gobert to Los Angeles. Can't. Can't do it. How are you a 30-year-old NBA veteran who, by the way, makes like $45 million a year? You're brought in here, one of the biggest blockbuster trades in NBA history, and you don't have two things. You don't have the emotional intelligence to be able to just have a discussion with a teammate that gets heated without throwing a punch in a must-win game 82. You're going to throw a punch, dude, at a teammate? But to back up a step, it wasn't like everything was kumbaya and they just got into an altercation and boom, Rudy just randomly punches a teammate. There's something about Rudy's personality. And this some of this stuff was happening in Utah as well. He wasn't like... He wasn't the team leader in Utah. He wasn't always the best communicator in Utah, but you just kind of made it work. Um, there's been some tension clearly percolating throughout the entire season with Rudy Gobert. This team, there's, there's, we we talk about vibes on this team, and and we focused on Carl Anthony Towns last week in our episode, but Rudy Gobert brings his own set of weird vibes to pretty much any organization, and you just kind of hope that his, you know, the value that he brings defensively and rebounding and shot blocking and everything and. Um, that it just sort of overrides it. But I felt like your analogy of, of popping is it like, I don't think you can put this toothpaste back in the tube at this point. Today was like, today was the affirmation 
everyone needed that this trade did not work. This is not a workable situation going forward, but we don't know how long it's going to continue to have to sort of be worked around because they might do. They might play nine more games. They could they could play two playing games, get into a six or seven game series with the Nuggets or something. They could beat the Lakers and then get into a six game series with Memphis and they're short bodies. So it's going to be so fascinating to see how this plays out. But today was confirmation that it's just not going to work going forward. Too many key guys on this team don't gel together and or just flat out hate each other. And sorry to ramble here, but I want to bring like just one headline take to the table here and then we can go forward. Carl Anthony Towns was excellent today. Offensively, the five threes, you know, bringing the Wolves uh, from behind, taking a lead like Cat was great. But this is Anthony Edwards team. Anthony Edwards was the heartbeat today. And any sort of BS toxic drama that's permeating right now around this organization needs to be eradicated as soon as possible this summer. And if that means getting rid of Gobert for 25 cents on the dollar, if it means getting rid of Cat, who again was outstanding today, but there's been some weird Cat issues over the years. Anything that isn't enhancing the Anthony Edwards experience going forward is a fatal mistake for this franchise. Eradicate it. Get rid of the toxic BS drama. Punching teammates on the sidelines in a must-win game. Dude, sorry. You're gone. You're noise. Get out of here. The Anthony Edwards train has left the station. You're either on it or you're not as far as this franchise is concerned. That was great. I have no disagreements. <laughs> I you. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, everything you were saying uh, about... Because, you know, again, in, in real time, as you and I are texting, it was... There's so many games going on today, and there's some meaningful games. The Clippers and the Suns, the Lakers and the Jazz, obviously this Wolves thing. Ironically, Phil, I don't even know if you saw this, but in the Clippers game, Mason Plumlee and Bones Highland got into a yeah. fight. There was like that. multiple fights today. Dude. But I'm just always, as an only child, thinking about myself and thinking about this podcast and our friendship and the things we've done. It was the most poetic thing in the world that in Game 82, you had quite possibly, and think about this for a second, you had quite possibly the most embarrassing moment in Minnesota Timberwolves history. And that's a podcast for another day because it's Joe Smith under the table. It's, you know, Flynn and Rubio over Curry. There's so many things. And they've just never been able to elevate themselves when they, you know, shoot themselves in the foot. They just can't. That's just, this is the one of the worst franchises in the league. Except today. Because you had the most embarrassing moment in 34 years. And it didn't matter because the 21-year-old just said, F it. We're winning this game. We're winning yeah. this game. And you and I have had a lot of fun. We've done 60 of these podcasts. Uh, appreciate everyone that's listened. We've talked about the power rankings, the leadership power rankings. Uh, I've said on multiple times, I think this is Kyle Anderson's team. I think you saw a little bit of that today again. Uh, I think in game 82 of his third season, when he became an all-star, like you just said better than I could, this is Anthony Edwards' team. Carl had 30 today. I'm, I'm not downplaying what Carl Anthony Towns did today because without him, they don't win that game. Mm -hmm. But that block and one sequence by Ant, we've talked about this in October, in November, December. Carl can get you 30 and 8 on super efficient shooting, and it's great, and that's how you win basketball games. But what Ant does with his you – know, they've never had an athlete like this really, right? What, what he does, a two-way player on both ends to literally prevent a layup when you're up two, to push the lead to five – 
I know I'm not supposed to swear, Phil. Tim Connolly's ass was saved today by Anthony Edwards because everything they do moving forward, whatever they decide to put in the, the pregame meal on Friday, if they play in the po- in, you know, at, at Target Center, it should be up to Ant. Whatever color they want to paint the hallway moving forward, it should be up to Ant. Everything you do is dependent around this kid. And like you said, if that's trading Rudy for 25 cents on the dollar, you know, signing Nas Reed to a $600 million contract, everything is yeah. about this kid. And it's been the one take I've been right on after the 99 I got wrong is that that kid saved the franchise. And with that kid in tow, there's always hope. It might not always be fun. I know at halftime today, it was a hell of a Sunday for people watching this game. That kid elevates your franchise to a level that we've literally never seen since another kid was in town 25, 30 years ago in Kevin Garnett. Yeah. So, so how do you sort of process all this going forward here now? How do you, how would, how would you handle Rudy Gobert going forward here? If you were, you were Tim Connolly. So he's, he may or may not play on Tuesday, but if they said, all right, Kyle, you're running the franchise now. You got a playing game against the Lakers on Tuesday. You're going to be underdogs. You might, you might lose that. And then you might have another playing game. If you win it, you're in the playoffs. Then what do you do with Rudy Gobert? What do you, does Rudy Gobert play another game for the Timberwolves? If you are running the franchise. Time out quick. Uh, let's just put a pin in the fact that they win today. They're 42 and 40, and now they play the 7 8 matchup on Tuesday in LA against the Lakers. They will probably be big underdogs because what we're about to get into, I don't think Rudy's going to play. You're down Nas Reed. Now Jaden has a broken hand. Um, but then if you lose that game, you come home on Friday at Target Center and you play either the Pelicans, who you just beat and played, you know, Balanchunas off the floor with Carl. Um, or you play the the, the Thunder. Um, this I, we cannot overshadow how big this win was. Um, but to Rudy, I don't know if Rudy Gobert will ever play again for them. I wasn't just talking about this week. Like, yeah, what you did, you know, if Rudy, I don't know, man. If I was trying to think of this, like, if Rudy punched Luca Garza, it'd be like that's a cheap shot, but whatever. But to punch the guy that we have been saying is like the father figure on this team. And to see the most telling moment of that was to see how Torian Prince reacted. It wasn't like, yes, friends, yeah. stop fighting. It was like Torian Prince was like, wait, I can have a shot to punch it, Rudy? It, it, was like, it was like for 10 seconds, it was sort of open season for everyone to show yes. their, how they truly feel, right? Yes. And, and Torian, Torian Prince, who's a top three leader on this team, according to our leadership power rankings, <laughs> his visceral reaction was to, was to also go in on Rudy. Yep. Not just because of the punch, but and I'm I'm playing amateur psychologist here. His reaction was loaded with stuff before the punch. I'm I agree with you. And to our French listeners, uh, ciao, we appreciate you. You, it's not great that Kyle just. They seem to be having a good conversation. Then Kyle just to be like, "You're a b-word." Uh, that's tough. So I don't want to like fully excuse Kyle, but again, to what Chris Hine was writing about, or just what we've talked about all the season, like. Kyle is very, he's the veteran on the team. He's also, you know, maybe their MVP or their, their glue guy. You kind of just, you know, if, if Finch talks to Ant that way and is like, Ant, you bleeping, like, you got to get back. You got to do this, you got to do this. And Ant responds. You got to let Kyle talk to his teammates like that. And even if it's over the line, calling someone a word is one thing. I get it all the time on Twitter. Like, but actually physically harming your teammate is so next level that, I just, I really do. I really wonder if we are just in this bubble of like, you saw this kid grow up today in front of our eyes and do it on both ends mm-hmm. and win a game 
And you saw, I mean, after the game, when he's talking, I think he's talking to Leah B. Olsen, he, he said, like, he credited Cat. And it was just when, when, when they go small, we just give it to Cat. Those two's relationship is probably stronger than we think. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I don't know, I don't know how you, I mean, if you want to get technical, Phil, you can bring Rudy back if like he sits down and does like a, like a sit down in one of the suites at Target Center where he's like talking to Michael Grady and he's like apologizing and saying he's had some other stuff going on in his life. Like to be like, I, I really messed up, but I don't know how you let him back in the locker room until he apologizes to his team. Well, he would, he needs to do that sit down. To me, it's kind of up to the players, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, okay, he 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 got sent home. A thirty-year-old, a, a grown-ass, supermax contract man, literally got sent home because he's too emotionally worked up and too emotionally unintelligent to handle a heated discussion without getting physical. Like, um, you know, I. I've gone from you know people I've checking my Twitter at replies all day. People are like you're you know, you were high on the trade last July. We've covered that on yeah. the show. Uh, and by the way, I feel like this Timberwolves season for the people that are like you said this about Gobert back in the it's like it's like the NCAA tournament bracket this year where there's nothing higher than a five seed in the final four. And people are like you said that Texas was going to get to you said well let me see your bracket yeah you know who's the, Who's the Timberwolves fan at the beginning of the year that could have predicted all of the stuff that was going to happen this season? Um, yes, I was high on the Gobert trade because I trusted Tim Connolly would come in here and not make this dramatic of a move in the first 15 minutes of taking office. And we've talked about it a million times, but I just think the, you know where things are at right now, if, if, if I'm Tim Connolly or Chris Finch, I am asking the leaders of that locker room. I'm asking Anthony Edwards, Mike Conley, Kyle Anderson, Carl Anthony Towns. Is there any way that you guys can coexist with Rudy Gobert here going forward? And if the answer is no, we're not going to we're not going to plop a grenade back in the locker room here with limited time left here. I mean, they're not going to go to the Western Conference Finals without Jade McDaniel's and without Nas Reed. Yeah. yeah. So I think you just I think you just keep him home. And but but then again, it's like does that. Does that wipe out his trade value even more if he ends the season being punished and sidelined? Like, it's such a weird, messed-up situation. Yeah, I mean, you know, one thing unbasketball-related is just, like, in 2023, we read so much stuff, and we don't know what's true or what's false. And, we're I mean, we're in a society that's just big on, like, video, right? Like, if you hear about crimes or stuff, like, like oh, you know, they're just— they're against so and so, or they have an agenda and stuff. Like we have to really see video. So when the Delo, when D'Angelo Russell got traded from Mike Conley, um, and then some of that stuff kind of came out via the Athletic or whatever, um, people were like, "Oh, now you're just taking shots at this guy on his way out and stuff." I think it was again going back to like my either popping a zit or Rudy punching Kyle was actually a really good thing. I think it was actually good to see it, to see today that like he's a tough hang. <laughs> I, and before today, it's like we had heard stuff, but like on the court, he's playing good basketball. Mm. Well, Kyle was yelling at him because Rudy was playing bad basketball today. And I know he had back spasms and stuff, but like he just wasn't there on rebounds. He wasn't protecting the rim that well. He wasn't really fluid moving around the court. I think it was good for people to see it today um, because now you kind of know like, oh, this is this is the side of it that's like, again, if you're Tim Connolly or the front office, like this wasn't new either. Like, the, the, the Rudy's a tough hang stuff was in Utah for many years, and it might have been why they decided to just blow it up. So, I don't know. I mean, this would all be a lot peachier if you still had Jaden 
because I would feel confident that it's just, you know, Ant and Jaden and a band of misfits and Carl and we'll see what happens. Being without possibly Rudy, Nas and Jaden is a pretty uphill battle. Um, and I don't really think they're going to be able to defend the Lakers on Tuesday. But you secured, I think, your first winning, like the third winning record in 20 years. Um, and you did it when Carl was in, when Carl was out, when Rudy was punching people, when Rudy wasn't punching people. But you did it with Anthony Edwards. And that's really just my takeaway again is just what a performance by him to just say, get on my back. I'm going to do it on both ends. And his play is inspiring. His play inspires Nah. His play, when he answered his best, I think TP's at his best. Like, TP had 18 points today. No. Um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker was a team high plus 16, and he only had three points. So we're going to, I think, right, you, maybe we'll break news now. I think we're going to keep doing this podcast <laughs> past the past the end of this season. Yeah, or it's, it, yes. We'll, this, will, this will continue throughout the offseason. Flagrant we'll, Howls uh, will continue, yes. Well, thanks. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk <laughs> about that stuff down the road. But for now, it's just, I mean, this is kind of reminds me of when Finch came in for Ryan Saunders. No expectations, doesn't really know what he has, just going to throw some bleep at the wall and see what sticks. I think Finch can do that now. I don't think Finch has to try to make the two bigs thing work. I think he can just play the guys he trusts. I mean, you saw him today lean in. I think Jordan McLaughlin played 18 minutes. He had five points, but he was really, really important. Um, this is kind of Finch's hot spot right now. No expectations. Yeah. You know, call some extra sets. Uh, free-flowing basketball. Let Carl, I mean, Carl took, I think, yeah, eight threes today, which is like the number that you and I have always said. You got to take mm-hmm. eight threes, hits five of them. Um, and who knows? Who knows if they lose on Tuesday to the Lakers and then get to come home on, on Friday and they lose and that's it. It'll, we'll talk about how this was a disaster of a season and disappointing, but it would have just been such a different vibe if they would have kind of fallen flat on their face. Today. When Anthony Davis went down that Lakers game, the team lost their powers and that was yeah. it. If Rudy would have punched Kyle and then they would have done that again, I think it would have been a completely different narrative about how we look at this team. And to me, again, it's like, I don't know what happens in the future. They still own a couple picks. They still own a pick swap. Um, but they're going to sign Anthony Edwards to a max extension this summer, and that's, that's the most hope I've had in a long time. You figure out yeah. everything else, and that's why Tim Connolly's paid ownership stake to figure it out. So Rudy Gobert trade bad. <laughs> they're, um, so they're, they're in really deep with a guy that may have – may have made one of the worst trades in NBA history. Yep. Like, he literally has, it's not really a chunk of ownership, but it's some sort of, like, he gets bonuses yep. as the value of the franchise goes up, you know? And they are and they have four more years, and I think it's $32 million left. I think his contract is fully guaranteed, pretty sure. And Do you, you know, trust him at all? Like, what's your level of trust with him to make? Because there's pro- they're not just going to run this roster back after all this. You don't just, well, like, get, get teammates... You know, throwing haymakers at each other after a disappointing season. Like, t- to what extent do you trust him? And we'll do all the offseason episodes, but like, and, well, I'm the wrong person for this, and this is where people will roll their eyes because I'm optimistic. But like, they are different people with different resumes. Well aware of that. But I think the f- I think my favorite to win the West right now today, if you ask me, is the Warriors. And Draymond Green punched his teammate in the face. So I'm not going to like completely spin out of control that Rudy Gobert is never going to play in the NBA again and that like you would have to you know attach 32 lakes to trade him. Uh, I'm not in that because the NBA will trade for anyone. I've seen every bad contract get dealt for and people spin it and we need a big guy or whatever. Um and there's also a chance too Phil Rudy Gobert has a list now of like embarrassing moments. And depending on your thought on certain things, but like he had that COVID moment where COVID is like starting up and he's touching all the mics and stuff. Yeah. And in hindsight, that didn't look very good. Um, 
there's a chance he looks at this and like is on a group chat with all the teammates and is like, yo, I, I effed up. I am really sorry. I will just show up to practice tomorrow and grab rebounds and block shots. I will never try to post up again. And it might be a good thing. I mean, again, we talk about 30-year-olds like they're 50. Uh, he's, a, he's still a young player in the, in the world. He's younger than I am. Um, but maybe you can spin it like that. That's a massive spin zone. It's just like maybe this will be the moment that Rudy Gobert is like, he let out some frustration, but he's embarrassed, and he's going to be a great soldier on Friday at home. But if not two, again, then you just got to move him. You just got to move him. You got to swallow. You know, I would have paid one first-round pick to have this season. I know that sounds crazy, but, like, I would have paid one pick to win 42 wins. This team just said it multiple times. They just, first time they won back-to-back 40-win seasons, I think, since Garnett was here. They just don't win. So they won this year. And you're seeing that in the biggest moments, today was the, can we say this yet? We're like 30 minutes in. This was the biggest win of the season. And in the biggest <laughs> Te- win of the season. Technically, it was the biggest win of the right? season. Yeah. In the biggest win of the season, Anthony Edwards performed at his best on the brightest stage. So yeah. four blocks, four steals. Anthony, Anthony Edwards finished with 26, 13, four assists, four steals, four blocks, eight turnovers, whatever. Um, and gets to the line 13 times. Uh, so I know that sounds, again, like a massive spin. But I just think if this could have gone in the moment, it was one of the darkest times in Timberwolves lower and it could have gotten even worse. They were down 12, I think, at one point, And they just fought. And that's why sometimes I still give Finchie a little credit. And I still give the rest of these guys in this roster a little credit. Because they kind of banded together. And that Ewing theory about losing a guy. Again, the Jaden stuff really overwhelms this. Because you really only have like one defender now on the wing. And Ant doesn't have the stamina. I mean, he was calling for timeouts so many times that he was exhausted. But uh, just a per- just an impressive performance. And... Before we move on to something else, like, because I know people listen to this, I had so many texts. It was a great way to show fan appreciation on Fan Appreciation Day by that team giving a damn because everyone that goes to that arena and pays all this money for tickets and concessions has been left at the altar since the trade deadline. They've been like one and eight at home. Those fans got one of the most memorable basketball games, and that's all they want. They want guys who try hard, give effort, die, die for loose balls, uh, and don't try to uppercut. The, you know the most likable t- player on the team. Yeah, I mean, it, it was more of like a like a cr- like a right cross than an uppercut. I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he, the reach he, advantage. It's really unfair too. I mean, you know, Kyle Anderson probably. Giving it was the up best Rudy's hands have looked all year. Reach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> Just, uh, we wanted wanting him to show some of that fight. You know, maybe against the Lakers. Um, uh, so there's some great stuff happening on Twitter right now. Back in October. October 7th was the day that uh, Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole at Warriors practice in training camp. And after that happened, Rudy Gobert tweeted out, insecurity is always loud. <laughs> oh, yeah. A you're shot telling at me, Draymond you're telling Green. Me, brother. A shot at Draymond Green. Draymond Green tweets 33 minutes ago, insecurity is always loud. That's great. I love that because I took a shot at Draymond earlier this year about his <laughs> comments on Carl. So that's what being, you know, I, I sometimes feel like like petty Hardaway in how I don't let go of things and hold under a seat. So good for Draymond uh, taking a shot at Rudy. Um, it, it, you know, this is, again, back to the Tim Conley stuff. You want to say it was one of the worst trades in NBA history? I don't really think you and I would ever push back at that. Um, I also don't think it's like, well, we'll see what happens with Rudy's trade value i guess right uh but they still have a player who's a really impactful player uh like the other day there was a stat that came out he was like the number one rim protector based on a lot of different analytical things mm-hmm. but you also just 
I've seen in the comment section sometimes, Phil, that people get on us a little bit for like vibes. Like vibes matter. They matter it, more in the NBA. Look at the, look at them. Look at every team that Kyrie Irving has ever been on since right. he left LeBron. Right. Right. It's a. I mean, look at look at half the Wolves teams in the last twenty years. I just uh, and I also think too, and it's something I've always talked about with the league, and I just think more guys are more unhappy or like people are trying to sit out. I mean, it's it's awesome to get paid and not work. I would. I mean, I love having PTO. So with load management and all these other things. But, but you, when you look around the league today and like the Mason Plumlee thing or this Rudy Gobert thing, I think players are just more unhappy and stuff. And again, we'll see what boils down from this Rudy Gobert thing. It could get a lot worse. But in the moment of all the games I've ever told people to go rewatch, go rewatch that game because it's such a dark moment. And you just see I me. Mean, Austin Rivers was one I noticed on the bench. Um, like Nikhil Alexander-Walker is a hell of a teammate. Like you just saw these guys band together and – not do the stuff that they say after games. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, we don't have Nas, and we don't have Jaden, and Rudy, you know, went home to hang out with his cat. They just they didn't care about any of that stuff. They're like, this is all we got, and we're going to fight back, and we're going to defend our bleeps off on both ends of the court. And, again, we'll, we'll see what happens. But in the moment, that's a, that's a moment that some of those guys can be really proud of, while other guys it might be one of the lowest moments of their career. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. I think, so just to kind of go back to my question I asked you, I'll answer my own question, I guess. From <laughs> my bad. Ago. No, 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 no. No, you're, no I'm, I asked you a question, but now I've kind of thought about what my own answer is. Like, what would you do if you, if they said, here, here's the keys to the Timberwolves. You have to decide what happens with Rudy Gobert. I go to my team leaders. I talk to them first. And I said, listen, obviously, you're not all going to be best friends here, but we're, we're down Jade McDaniels. We're down Nas Reed. In a perfect world, we could really use a seven-foot monster defensive player who grabs rebounds. So you guys, you, I would essentially leave it up to the team leaders. Can you make it work? You tell us. If not, all right, Nate Knight, who got yelled at by like half of his teammates in his, what do you play, like two minutes? Two minutes got yelled. He committed three fouls in two minutes, got yelled at by Kyle Anderson. Didn't punch him. He just took the yelling like a, like a grown man. Uh, as far as the offseason, I think here's where I'm at. And I've had complaints about Cat over the years. Those complaints are still valid. But I think if Cat, and this is the way it feels like it's headed here, that this is becoming the Anthony Edwards show with a compliment of Cat. And you got some other guys, Nas Reed, Jay McDaniels, who are like 23 years old that are kind of emerging, right? I would I would look for some desperate team. Can I get 50% of what I gave up? Just mm-hmm. admit that it's a failure. I would ship Rudy Gobert out and pray that I can get 50% of the value that I gave up. Could I get could I get two first round picks protected and a, and a couple players like is it a couple players and a first round pick? I would just I don't think you can run this thing back. And again, we'll have all these in-depth discussions when the offseason actually hits. But I would I would move forward and make it very clear 
This is Anthony Edwards' franchise. Everything we do is to enhance Anthony Edwards as a player, as a leader, and everything is is everything has to be good vibes going forward. Um, my concern is that Carl Anthony Towns is the one that would get you the most trade value in return. But I just I just don't know how you can proceed forward with Rudy Gobert on this team into 2023-24. And so I would just at this point I would just bite the bullet in the offseason and I would trade him for whatever I could get. That's that's where I'm at right now, April 9th, Sunday, couple Guinnesses in. That's that's where my mind is at right now. My wife was hella concerned when I was three mimosas deep and you're like, "Do you want to go live after this?" And I was like, "Uh-oh, yeah. this is how it this is how it ends for me <laughs> and Rudy." Uh I don't know. I, I, you are smarter than me, so I don't, I'm never going to just like disagree. I just also have learned enough through sports that it's, shout out to D'Angelo Russell, it's never as high as you think and it's never as low as you think. Um, again, like Draymond maybe didn't do it in a game, but there's just video evidence just that when Draymond punched a teammate. And in society, we just kind of move on to the next thing. Um, so now we just know that Rudy is kind of a basket case. Uh, and we had heard that before, but now we just know. But if he does, you know, apologize or, you know, I just I really like your thing about I also want to say to the Tim Conley stuff or whoever is making organizational decisions in the moment. um, It kind of reminded me of like the Rosas thing that when the Rosas stuff kind of became a little more public, even though he was a pretty damn good GM, um, they did what seemed like the difficult thing and letting him go. I think it does take. And maybe you'll disagree with them. I think it, I got to give him at least like a gold star for in the moment. You're Tim Conley. You have gone all in-ish to get this guy and you've pinned your resume to this guy. And you make the right decision because imagine if he would have came out in the second half. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have no idea how, I mean, Jim Pete and Grady were like A-level today talking about this. But how, how would that, if, you, if Rudy Gobert would have started the second half, though, they would have lost the game just because the vibes would have been mm-hmm. downright terrible. So... I do credit them for that and saying, like, you just can't do this and stuff. But I don't know. I just, you know, if Rudy if Rudy uses this as the moment to apologize, I mean, you know, these are not related by any means. But players have moments in their careers that they don't aren't proud of and they pivot and they become better people. I don't know if that will happen. But for now, again, it's just it's about, I don't know, what, what did they play today? They did go 11 deep, I think. I mean, Nate Knight gave them really nothing. But, like, Wendell Moore, even, who we nice haven't seen all back. year. Nice, nice little, little putback. Back. That yeah. was a little energy moment. Um I definitely thought they should have put Josh Minot in for like a second just because Brandon Ingram was cooking. It's like, just throw some size at him because um, I don't. I didn't think TP could really stay in front of him. But we'll see. We'll see. This is – what is this podcast? This was reminding me, Phil, of when uh, the Vikings were down 140 to nothing or whatever and, and Judd left the arena and you guys went live <laughs> and then the Vikings came back and won. That's kind of what this felt like. Yeah. Um, this would have been a lot different had they have lost. But you won. And now you're just kind of the, the league's bad boys for a couple of days. And you're going to be embarrassed tomorrow on national TV across the lead with Rudy Gobert punching this teammate. Um, but you can, the, the, the zit's been popped. Uh, the band-aid's been ripped off. You might have a locker room full of guys now that just actually love each other. <laughs> and that might be the Ewing theory again of just, this is all we got. We're going to play eight guys against the Lakers. And if we lose, we're going to come home. We're going to play eight guys against the Thunder yeah. or Pelicans team that, if you took nothing else from today, you can be the Minnesota Timberwolves and say, we feel confident playing at home on Friday because our fans are some of the best. And that Pelicans team does not scare us because they don't have the heart. They absolutely cratered today in the face of adversity. 
and they'll go into a Friday game with the best player on the court. The uh, the schedule is out, by the way, so it's going to be Wolves-Lakers, 9 o'clock Central Time on TNT and on, I'm guessing, Bally Sports North. Uh, it's the second game. The first game is the Eastern Conference game, uh, Hawks and Heat. So my guess is that tip-off is probably going to be more like 9.15 Central Time. So if you win, you're in, and you play the Memphis Grizzlies. If you lose, you would host the winner of the OKC Pelicans game um, on Friday. And then uh, if you win that game, you would be the eight seed against the Nuggets. So that's how it's going to shake out. Uh, I have a couple more questions for you here. One, well, actually, one's more of just like an interesting sort of historical perspective, which we'll get to on the Timberwolves. But my question is, Jade McDaniels is out. We don't know what's going to happen with Rudy Gobert. So they're definitely playing shorthanded. What is the best case scenario for the Timberwolves in the play-in and playoffs? Like, what what could you see them doing if things click? <laughs> How much time you got? For agenda purposes, let's just do hypotheticals now, right? We both have been drinking. Uh, the Wolves win on Tuesday in a game that they will be, I would say, heavily underdog. And then they play the Grizzlies, and let's say they do suspend Rudy for the rest of the year, and they beat the Grizzlies with just Carl and or Carl and Ant. Like, that would be pretty crazy. Uh, I don't think that'll happen. I have always thought that they match up really well with Denver, and if you've watched the Nuggets, the Nuggets were cooking for most of the season, but if you watch the Nuggets lately... They just look either uninspired by kind of clinching and just trying to get to the finish line. Yeah. Or they actually look like a team that might have some like pretty big holes. Dude, Denver, um, Denver's a fake one seed. Right? Yeah. I mean, listen, they, they're going to be favored if, if the Wolves they're play Purdue. Denver. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. And I'm not saying they're a bad team, but Denver's Denver. Like, this is the first time in a long time the Western Conference hasn't had like an actual. The Suns are the Suns at full strength are probably the actual best team in the Western Conference. But they're trying to figure this out. They just plopped Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant is one of the best just plug and play guys. Yeah, you can just kind of plug him in, and and, and he's just smooth as silk, and you figure it out. But yeah, Den- neither Denver nor Memphis really scare me, even even shorthanded. I like. I guess I think there's a chance if if Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns play at the top of their capabilities, I think there's a chance they could pull an upset and get to the second round of the playoffs. I don't think they're winning multiple playoff series, but it would not shock me if with all the drama, all the crap, Rudy Gobert punching Kyle Anderson, Jaden McDaniels punching a wall out for the season, fractured hand. If this team with Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, if they're playing at their peak and they're staying composed, they could still snipe someone in the first round. If they get there, I would have been, I would have done this one shirtless had Jaden not punched a wall because that I said, I want to talk about this later. I just need to cope like, the Jaden thing is is actually what probably should lead the show, even though Rudy Gobert punched his teammate. Um, because you just lost a guy who was, I think, a lock to make all defensive team, whether it be first or second. So you just kind of lost one of the 10 best defenders in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sucks in and of itself, but it also forces Ant now to guard the best player, and that's just exhausting. You, you just don't really see that in the league. So that kind of neuters them. But, yeah, I mean, dude, just think about, like, two weeks from now, if the Wolves like somehow get lose Tuesday, win Friday, play the Nuggets, steal a game in Denver by hot shooting, and then all of a sudden like we just wake up one day and the Wolves beat the Nuggets, like we might have to have Tim Conley on the pod. Like <laughs> it'll be a victory lap for that guy. So 
it, I can't I can't express enough how big that win was today because I think the Wolves playoff or play in scenarios were best being like you know one one win obviously but like doing it this way playing the Lakers the Lakers are really good they have the best record I think since the All Star break but you can beat them we'll see who is starting for the Wolves that day but but then you get to come back on Friday. Uh, because if they would have played in the nine ten game, they'd have played on Wednesday. So that's a quicker turnaround. But mm-hmm. you get a couple of days off, you come home, and again that fan base today, all they wanted was to see dudes try. And once they started trying, it sounded like that place had no roof on it anymore. So the fans will show up. The Wolves have a guaranteed one, you know, postseason ish game at home. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, what what was your if when you look back at this? Because I still remember game 82 against the Nuggets a couple of years ago. And the moment that I always remember is just when Taj Gibson, who was like the heart and soul of that team kind of strips the ball in the, in the corner to win the game. Uh, when I text you in like 2026, what will be your single biggest takeaway from the April 9th game 82? Like what will be the one thing you remember over everything else? Cause I wonder if we have different ideas here. I mean, I'll never forget Rudy Gobert punching Kyle Anderson, but I really think, I really think it's, and there's been a few of these games for Ant, but, and yeah, he turned the ball over eight times. And I see, I've been following the, the YouTube comment section, people, people hammering us for being homers and me for, uh, for condoning the Gobert trade, uh, newsflash. We're going to be wrong a lot on this podcast. It's for entertainment purposes only. Yeah. So, but, um, I really think it's, I really think sorry for doing content on Easter. Like, sorry, my bad. That's on me. Ant, ant, ant is risen. I guess is my my biggest takeaway from from this game. It's what I will remember now. If you know, if he ascends, I think he did take a third year leap, and I think this game, despite you know he he started off slow from the field, he missed a bunch of free throws, he turned the ball over eight times, but for the people looking at those things as like reason to knock the game that he played today, he's 21 years old. You're, you're going to have, look how many times James Harden throughout the last eight or nine years. will just turn the ball over six, seven, eight times because of usage, right? Russell West, like high usage players. You're going to turn the ball. I'm not trying to make excuses, but I'm almost more impressed that he overcame a bad start. Yep. A double digit deficit. And drama all throughout the first half with teammates punching each other and walls and stuff. And he he just put everything on his shoulders, defensively, offensively, blocks, steals, get into the lane, knocking down threes, finding open teammates. It was such a composed, mature performance from him down the stretch to put a stamp at the end of his breakout third season. So I th- I think I will remember the stamp at the end of a third year breakout more than I will remember the the punches that were thrown in this game. I'll never forget that sequence when he blocks McCollum at one ten one oh eight and the Pelicans didn't or I, I think it was no it might have been a little less than that but when when McCollum drives in the basket and there is no Gobert because he's at home and Carl I think is on the bench because they're going small and Ant has one of the most athletic it really is man even if you're not a homer like it's one of the most athletic blocks ever. TP saves the ball, Ant demands the ball, goes down, um, misses, you know, th- throws a turnover, one of his eight. That's obviously not good. But again, like, what else did you really want at this point? Kyle Anderson wasn't great today. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys didn't really show up. 
Um, Mike Conley, who I don't think we've given enough love to, hit some big shots, gets to the line, makes some smart plays. Uh, probably the highlight of Tim Conley's Wolves tenure is the Mike Conley trade. Um, but then to get the ball and to muscle his way for an and one, I will remember that much more than the Rudy thing because there's no downside from the ant stuff. It is just like you said, the the sprinkles, the candle on his third-year cupcake. The Gobert thing, we might look back and say, he like what he did allowed them to get off of him before he could make the vibes even, even worse. Like yeah. This is a moment it's like, you know what? We do just got to ship them off for 50 cents on the dollar. We'll swallow the cost. We'll write it off on our taxes. And yeah. it might actually be a good thing. It might also be a bad thing, but I struggle to see how it's a bad thing right now because that team bonded together and used it as we're just all now playing with guys who we like. And that's a detriment and, you know, an indictment on the trade to not know that you're bringing in a guy who's not, you know, the most personable. Uh, and yeah. you've had to do a lot of other trades and tr- acquisitions and things to kind of keep Rudy happy. But I think you said it best as we ramble on for an hour is that everything you do now moving forward, you know, if you're Tim Conley, you've got a second leash on life. It is to make this work for Anthony Edwards because – this team, and I, lo- I love Carl more than a lot of people, but this team has never had a guy that's as inspiring to his teammates as Anthony Edwards since Kevin Garnett was traded to Boston. Yeah. Some historical perspective for you and the Ooh, audience. I love this. So how many years? 34 seasons of Timberwolves basketball. This is the 10th time they have finished above 500. 42 and 40. It's, the, it's actually the first time they have finished exactly 42 and 40. Um, it's the, it's the first time since 2004, 2005, they have finished above 500 in back-to-back seasons. So almost 20 years since their last back-to-back above 500 stretch. So, um, again, we, you know, we, we started the season sort of saying like regular season goals, 50 wins would be a nice little benchmark. You make that trade add on to what you did last year. That did not happen. You find yourself basically in the exact same spot, right? Except actually a spot lower because you're not hosting the playing game this time around. So you took a step back in the regular season compared to where you were with uh, with last year's iteration of this roster. But, you know, historically, it's not often the Timberwolves finish with back-to-back above 500 seasons. So that's a nice little checkbox, I guess, if you will. Doesn't make the whole thing a success. But like we've said all along here, even through some of the dark moments of the season, you can still get in. There's, there's. I mean, really, outside of the Suns at full strength, there's not. I mean, maybe if the Lakers train gets rolling with LeBron and Anthony Davis, there's, there's not really like that team in the Western Conference this year. So if you can get through the play-in, go win on Tuesday night in Los Angeles. If you can somehow take Memphis to six or seven games and come out in front, you should have beat them last year. If you didn't melt, if you know, if Carl Anthony Towns doesn't melt down three times in that series. You should you probably should have beat Memphis in six games, right? So I'm I'm still leaving the door open here for the Wolves to take a step forward by winning a first round playoff series. I don't think it's the likely thing. I'm not putting my entire life savings on it, but I'm leaving the door open as we watch this thing play out over the next couple of weeks. And I will just stand I've said so many dumb things on so many podcasts. I will stand by that I really think whether, you know, work dynamics, people listening to this, they got an awkward cousin or an awkward family member. I do think that Rudy Gobert punching or throwing a punch at Kyle Anderson 
on live TV was the greatest thing that could have happened to this team because it's out there now. And, you know, when, when LeBron tweeted at Kevin Love, he stopped trying to fit in or fit out and just fit in. Rudy Gobert now has one choice, and it is fit in, do your job, and be a good teammate. Or I don't know, man. Like, like you are now the starting center for the Shanghai Sharks. Mm. Uh, it'll be interesting too for a team that we have talked about their immaturity or their lack of, you know, kind of public leadership or whatever. I thought Tim Connolly or whoever made the decision to send Rudy home was the right decision. They released a nice little statement, and then as I'm starting to kind of check out on Twitter, like the the post game stuff, uh, Ant's talking about that he was very proud of their composure. And the, the teammates kind of galvanizing. Kyle said, you know, tempers flared or whatever. There is a moment for them to kind of grow up here <laughs> and to try to fix this thing. And we'll see. We'll see if Rudy wants to fit in. But uh, uh, a blemish, a black eye on what is a beaten up franchise these 34 years. Uh, I just know that I've been watching him again. I'm, I mean, 34 years is when I was born. They always have those blemishes. And then they just top it off with the big kick to the nuts of losing. And that today did not happen they put themselves like you just said historical context they just don't win 42 games that often uh if you want 50 win seasons and you want teammates that don't punch each other you should find another team to follow but uh i've never been happier to cover a team that has a guy like anthony edwards because as he showed you today he, he's special so this week is going to be a riot uh, i know you and i are going to have lots of content coming out and coverage um and we'll see what happens on Tuesday against a, a Lakers team that is really clicking now. But at least you gave yourself a shot. Because there was a moment in time, I think even a week ago, where it's like, are they even going to make, you know. And I will just say this too, the Rudy thing. I think that's disgusting and unprofessional and an embarrassment. And I still don't think it was the most embarrassing thing that happened in the Western Conference this week. Yeah. <laughs> okay, because I saw the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, tank an opportunity to be in the postseason, and that is disrespectful to your fan base. What Rudy said did today was disrespectful to his teammates, and they'll figure it out internally. But the Wolves put on a show today for their for their fans, and the, and the fans that kept showing up to a lack of you know energy in October and November, and losing all these games to these you know bottom feeders in in the East and the West. Uh, shout out to the fans because again, I'm looking at my phone right now, like. I was talking to Dane, like it was crazy at Target Center in that fourth quarter, and that's yeah. that's a testament to this fan base. So, so uh, we do have an update here, and you and I have been kind of saying, I I think you you have to almost leave it up to the the team leaders in the locker room. Do you guys do you guys want Gobert to go to Los Angeles or not? And it sounds like oh, they're yeah. already making amends here. So Mike Conley said Rudy Gobert already sent a message in the group chat, so they have like a team group chat. He already sent a message apologizing for his role in the altercation. Um, this is from John Krasinski and from uh, also Andrew Lopez from ESPN. So he's already apologized. Kyle Anderson said it's something he and Rudy could move forward from. Quote: We'll speak about it and move on. We're grown men. So I, I would, I, I think my guess is, unless unless the front office decides that hey, we need to send a message, despite the season being on the line here, and despite not having Jade McDaniel's or Nas Reed. If the front office and the organization decide, no, we uh, great, nice job patching this up in the group chat, but we got to suspend this guy. You can't be punching teammates. It sounds like the team is ready to just sort of put it behind them. But uh, we'll see. I mean, th this, this is, again, you can't overstate how embarrassing this is for Rudy Gobert. You have always been an unlikable character in like the national eye and for a variety of reasons. And maybe that's because the national people have, you know, know some of the stories in Utah or whatever, and they just have never really wanted to let it out. Like you... 
this is bad. You look really bad. Uh, I just think that of all the, I don't know, I'm rationalizing in real time, of all the mistakes you could make, you can come back from this, but it's going to involve what I said earlier. It's just, you have to be, you have to, you have to be Walker Kessler. You just have to set screens and grab rebounds and block shots. That trade is done, man. Like, I miss Vando. I miss Malik Beasley. I miss Pat Bev, but that is just done. That's the cost of doing business. Every year transactions happen. You blow up half your roster. Um, we'll see what happens with Rudy. It's just going to be interesting, and I don't, I don't know how this team would have handled it, Phil, if they would have had a bunch of young guys. You're seeing, obviously, the comments come up from Kyle and Mike Conley and stuff. Uh, it'll be interesting, but it's, it's, it's professional wrestling in the NBA. I mean, these are, this, is like, this is like the NWO now. This is, they're going to be hated everywhere they go. They're going to be the punchline, and maybe that's what they need because every time you finally give the Wolves their flowers, like, oh, this is a good team, or you know, they look good, or they just piss it down their leg and let you down. So everyone's going to make fun of the Timberwolves tomorrow. I'm used to it. Eminem 8 Mile. I've heard all the things you can say about us. <laughs> and you just go out there now and you just, you know, punch your way through it. Not literally, but just throw your best punch at the Lakers. Throw your best punch at home on Friday. And uh, if you get in and you start playing basketball next Sunday when it's the real playoffs, I still think you're a really dangerous team, even without yeah. Jaden McDaniels. Yeah, I, I, I need to see Anthony Edwards in a seven-game series. I just that, that's part of the reason why you made the trade too, right? It mm-hmm. Just the season didn't go the way that you expected it to, but generally speaking, having Rudy Gobert on your team from a defensive perspective guarantees that you're going to play playoff series. And so I understand, I understand from that perspective, you know, the appeal. But just get Anthony Edwards into a seven game series and and see what happens. All right, I know you want to sweat. Uh, I got dude. We're doing well. Dude, right dude, now. John Rahm might have just did he just put one in the. He's got a four-stroke lead here on 18. He may have just put. We one just in need the woods Brooks Kepka to finish second. Live he's laugh. T- what about a tie for second? He's That's totally fine. That's totally fine. As long as he but finishes. Phil it. Mickelson shot a 65. Yeah, shout out to way. lefty today. He was uh he was almost as good as Mike Conley as a lefty. Uh, How about look at this? Is that Pat, did Patrick Reed fire a 68 to get? So you got you got three live golfers in the uh, in the top four. Interesting. Who would you rather hang out with, Patrick Reed or Rudy Gobert? Oh my God! Dude. One's gonna cheat and one's gonna punch you. <laughs> oh man, could I just could I just drink some cyanide so I don't have to hang out with either one of them? It's a good question. <laughs> you know, I'd probably hang out with Patrick Reed because at least we could like hang out on a golf course. I could just yeah. be, I could just be golfing. Yeah, that's true. I don't know what context I would be hanging out with uh, Rudy Gobert, but all right, we should probably we should probably wrap this thing here. Thanks to everyone for hanging out with us here on Flagrant Howls. If you could please click the subscribe button on the Score North YouTube channel. And the like button to help spread the word about this awesome Timberwolves fan community that you guys are helping us build. And uh, what do you got there? Shout oh, Lake Slomo. There you go. Shout out to shout out to the team leader, Kyle Anderson. <laughs> Took that punch and just kept it kept it going. And even after the game, said, "Yeah, yeah, we'll straighten it out. We're we're adults here. I can take a punch." Okay, quick question before we wrap this up. Then, in the studio, Judd punches you in the face. How what would you? Because I know what I, my wife was asking me. She's like, "Would you ever forgive him?" I wouldn't. So that's another dynamic that we didn't even touch on. But Judd punches you in the know. face. Would I you... think if if it was if if it was me doing something to deserve being punched, you called Judd the B word. Yeah, I think I think I'd like to think I'd have enough like introspection where I could okay. say, "Okay, really not ideal that you physically lashed out, but I did call you a B word." Mm-hmm. So, so I get it. I get it. Okay. Like, and that's probably Kyle Anderson's probably. Probably regretting that he said that, but it sounds like he was speaking on behalf of not only a large portion of the Timberwolves locker room, but even like the the league. Yeah. (laughs) 
So, oh, man. And if you also could give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts, help spread the word about this thing, uh, we would appreciate it. So, all right, you and I will be back, well, Tuesday night, right? Yep. Tuesday, well, late night for me, uh, sort of middle of the night, middle of the evening for, for you out on the West Coast. And we'll see if the Timberwolves can get past the Lakers and the referees. <laughs> yes. So thanks for hanging out with us here. Your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast, Flagrant Howls, on the Scornorth YouTube channel.